1: IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by how long to beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com.
2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now,
0: finish this fight. Master Chief... Out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 526 for January 11th, 2022. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here, as always, with you alongside Destin Legary. Hello, Destin. Bam!
2: Hey, everybody. Xbox time. Let's go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get that morning shot of energy coming at you here live. Morning drive radio, Destin Legary, Gotta love it. Uh, our old friend Cam Hawkins, good to see you again, Cam.
3: You guys as well. I'm back. Uh, I'm ready to talk about Xbox.
0: Yes, I was so happy that you and I finally got to meet, uh, too briefly, but at least meet in person down at the Game Awards about a month ago. So you'd been just such a wonderful friend on a on a screen, and it was great to translate that to 3D life.
3: Absolutely. It was uh, definitely one of my highlights f- for that trip. So. And also joining us, a first-time Unlocked
0: appearance. I've been hearing so many great things about this gentleman, and I'm happy to have him here podcasting with
1: us this week. Kareem Cheese! Kareem, welcome! Thank you, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I appreciate you guys. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, doing super well. Uh, now, first of all, we want to get a little intro from you. You know, where, where are you streaming? What games you like to play? Uh, but also, I mean, though I'm sure you get asked this a lot, if there's a good story... Cause, you know it's kareem k-r-k-a-r-i-m which i presume is your actual first name but so yes. where if there's an origin story for the kareem cheese handle because it's one of the best online usernames that i've heard in quite some time so uh the floor is yours please do tell us about yourself
1: all right uh so my name is kareem cheese um you can catch me playing apex on twitch you can catch me reacting to anime on TikTok. you can catch me anywhere honestly uh in my best handle came from when i was in high school all right so i was in high school i was at the lunch table i was with my friends minding my business not bothering anybody but i was eating a dry bagel okay with no cream cheese yes i said it dry because i like nothing on my bagels i like them toasted they taste good good bread is life so somebody came to me nonchalant minding my own business came to me and asked me if i would put any cream cheese on the bagel hence the name and a lot of people don't know that my name is Kareem cheese until they actually put it together and their brain explodes
0: (laughs) oh that is the best Uh, that's a good story now does that person that christened you with that do they do they know now or do they know that you've kind of run with it and and sort of built an online life around it
1: uh yes they do and they want ten percent of my royalties (laughs) <laughs> they,
0: you signed nothing so it's no. Give, give, no money will change hands it's it's all you and you can't nobody can prove anything in court well welcome it's great to have you here talking xbox with us this week miranda and stella will be both should be back next week they had a couple of other obligations which sadly sometimes overlaps with unlocked shoot times so we'll look forward to welcoming them back next week uh but let's get started right away we've got the big story this week and I even hesitate to use the term big because it's just more of a kind of a funny story. It's almost like a snowball that started rolling downhill and got a little out of control. Uh, It's Dying Light 2, which is one of the first big games due out in 2022. It's due to be released on February 4th. So that's coming right up in less than a month. And, you know, they're, they're at that point in the development where the game's basically done and it's up to the marketing team to get out and promote it and do their thing. And, get gamers to want to buy it. And so Techland, the developer, goes on Twitter and says, Dying Light 2 will take at least 500 hours to complete. And, you know, I'm sure they thought that, well, that that's going to be a big selling point, right? Like, people are going to love that. That's going to be cool. And instead, it just turns into this sort of bizarre, uh, not all bad, but just this strange conversation around, well, wait a second, that's... 500 hours is insane, and they actually had to walk it back in a sense. Uh, They they tweeted, 500 hours is related to maxing out the game, finishing all the quests, endings, and exploring every part of the world. But a regular player should finish the story and side quests and do quite a lot of exploring in less than 100 hours, so don't worry. Uh, And then... (laughs) This turned into such a thing that they had to make a follow up tweet to that that Destin pointed out to me to clarify that actually it's about twenty hours for just the main story, seventy to eighty for the main story plus side quests, and then the four hundred and ninety nine U.S. hours for absolutely everything. Uh, Cam, I want to go to you first here since uh, we haven't chatted in a while. What do you make of this? Like, is this is this just like a classic? Kind of mountain out of a molehill situation or do, do you even want a, to spend 500 hours with a game
3: on twitter on i think it was saturday i was like who cares I, I i i just thought that sure like good like when we see 500 hours to complete i immediately thought oh that's to do literally everything in the game not to not just to get through the story, you know we know that this is an open world game. this is a sequel. they're not making any sort of changes to the structure of what this game is going to be, so it's like, okay, we got an open world game, parkour we five hundred hours was obviously the explanation of that's how much hours worth of content is in the game overall, whether it be main story side quests, uh things like that, so for me, I was. Just, I, I just thought it was like, okay, cool, you know, we'll get the, the story will probably be around, you know, 20 hours, which end up being, and 70 to 80 hours with a side with the side quests, that's pretty regular, I would say, for an open world game, like, you know, I, I play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, almost put in 100 hours into that one, uh, by doing side quests and things like that, I, I thought it was fine, like, this is, this seems, like, for those that are in the Dying Light community, uh, we know that dying light uh had a lot of post-game support multiple expansions multiple major mm-hmm. updates so for dying Light fans they're probably going crazy like they're super happy about this um but for those that just want to play the story they can just play the story if people want to just do the story and the side quest they can do that i think this is all pretty reasonable i mean if i was a you know if i was a Kingdom Hearts fan is still, you know, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, if, if the new Kingdom Hearts game is like, oh, there's 500 hours worth of content, I'd be happy because I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. So, I don't know, for Dying Light fans, I'm happy for you.
0: Kareem, how about you? I mean, you've probably, I imagine, with the amount of Apex you play, you've, I'm sure, are 500 hours into that. Is, is 500 hours of Way Dying over. Light too of interest?
1: Uh, I honestly think the 500 hours is a content creator's dream, okay? You're yeah. telling me that we're going to have 500 hours of side missions, main quests, just gameplay in general to enjoy with our communities and make content. That, that's, that's our dream. But for the average gamer, the regular gamer that comes home from work that just wants to play a little bit, might not want to do all the side missions, just enjoy the story and call it a day.
0: Destin, you're a new dad. uh i imagine you will probably not be playing on the 500 hour side of things but even 70 to 80 is still a big game like what do you make of uh of dying light 2 being a a, you know definitely a much bigger game than the first one? which by the way the first one wasn't small the first one was like 30 40 hours so this is roughly double that so where are you at with this one destin
2: yeah there's a lot of stuff in this game there's like the different factions that you can align with you can figure out how you want to tackle the challenges of the world? There's the whole nighttime is scarier than daytime. I assume there's bases that you have to reinforce. There's a lot to do, but the question is, what is that gameplay going to be like when you're actually playing it? Is it fun gameplay that you're playing for 500 hours, or is it like go get the 3,000 pen collectibles in the open world, or you know get the uh, the slightly varied alternate ending where you're wearing a, a hat? you know like it's about what does the content actually end up being and with dying light i have to imagine that a lot of that's going to be quality content currently i'm trying to get all the achievements in halo infinite for example i have uh, a lot of time in halo infinite but even that's capping out around 160 hours to do every single thing in the game i think maybe 300 hours and like 100 of that's multiplayer if i'm being honest yeah so it's about quality not quantity So if that 500 hours is a fun and a joy for the player, great. If it's filler, side quest, fetch quest stuff, then that's a problem. And I I, I don't, I saw one of the comments on this thread and it's like, I don't think that's the selling point you think it is. And they have to sell the content, which I don't think they've quite done yet for everybody before they start bragging about how long their game is.
0: Yeah, well said. And that's that's exactly where I was going to go, is it just it does really come down to are they 500 good hours or not? Because, yeah, I've I'm at the point in my gaming life where I'm sort of by default a little skeptical of open world games because they have proven to me so many times over the last decade that they are often packed with filler. They are not always chock full of of the best, you know, A plus content. I mean, the the when you ask, if you were to ask me, like, what's a great open world game that that's doesn't suffer from that? The first example that pops into my mind is Sunset Overdrive, and I know that's a seven plus year old game at this point, but Sunset did such a great, a memorably great job for me of making every single little quest, every single little activity that you did feel fresh and feel new and feel interesting. So yeah, I, you're right, Destin, it remains to be seen whether or not Techland kind of earns the, the uh, player's attention for that long. There there are definitely a lot of elements to this. There's some RPG elements. There's all the parkour stuff Cam was talking about, but yeah, I, the, the, the part two I wanted to go around the table with here is uh kind of echoing something that destin just mentioned from the comments of is 500 hours all in is that a selling point or is that a a turn off for more people than more gamers than Techland might think uh kareem i'm going to go back to you because you know you you were pretty enthusiastic about it saying hey this is going to give me uh, a lot of a lot of meat to chew on with regard to making content on my channel so Uh, It sounds like you're probably in the two thumbs up category on this.
1: I'm definitely hopeful that it's going to be great and that it succeeds um, the prior uh, Dying Light because I think the prior Dying Light was one of the greatest uh, first person zombie games on this planet. But uh, I could just be biased. I'm a Dying Light fan, but I definitely think Dying Light 2 is going to bring something to the table that we've missed for a while, and I hope the 500 hours is not... Snatch missions, I really do.
0: It has been seven years. I just had to double check because in my brain I was like, "Was it 20? I remember it was like January or February. It was early in the year, and it was kind of this surprise hit. Like, what was it? Twenty sixteen? No, it was twenty fifteen. So it has been a long wait. If you're a fan of Dying Light, this game's been a long time coming. Cam, how about you? Is this is five hundred hours? Is that a, a selling point for you, or is that a does it have the opposite effect? <laughs>
3: I mean, for me specifically, no, because I, I feel like everyone that's going into this game knows the kind of content that they're going to want to play. Like, everyone's going to want to go through the main story, and, you know, some might do some side quests, some might do all side quests. Uh, I, and I feel like, again, everyone will know kind of what route they're going to go, um, at the very least when they hop in for the first time and depending on how much they enjoy it and what other content is there, they might stick around longer. Um, so I think that, and there's this ongoing conversation about value in in our video games, like $60, like this is a great $60 package to, from what it sounds like just based off of the 70 to 80 hours of doing the story and the side quests alone. So if I'm getting, you know, 400 plus more hours of content, only 60 to 70 dollars depending on you get it on uh new you know uh ps5 xbox or uh xbox one version like that that's good money if you ask me that's a that's a good package for what you're paying it's bang for your buck
0: destin do you see it that way as well do you feel like it adds to the value proposition or is it does it kind of make you to our conversation earlier does it kind of make you wary of well how much of that's going to be a good hour's
2: I think those who reacted negative to this see that 500 hour mark and they just think of it as work at some point, like at some point, that's not particularly exciting to somebody that is just excited about a game. When you start realizing you that you're going to spend 500 hours of your life in the world of Dying Light 2, I think people are starting to make the connection of like, do I really want to spend that much amount of my my lifetime uh, playing that particular video game, right? So it's a really interesting question. When you look at some of these other games that we mentioned, like uh, I brought up the numbers for Assassin's Creed and Valhalla on average, all play styles. That's 101 hour long game. Uh, if you play it leisurely, it's 227 hours. And I also brought up some stats for like destiny 2. Uh <laughs> That's like 513 hours wow. or 566 hours playing leisurely to like do everything through beyond light. Um, so, like, when you when you see Dying Light and it's comparable on How Long to Beat dot com to a game like Destiny Two, I'm curious what kind of game is this going to be? Like, what kind of stuff are we going to be doing? Because a lot of the Destiny stuff uh, is just repetitive, right? So, I hope that's not the case with Dying Light Two. I don't want to go get batteries for your black light generators, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for stuff. me
0: for me the this the 20 story hours to me that's worth 60 bucks i'm like mm-hmm. that's great um the 20 hours is fine if i end up wandering ar- around and doing side stuff for 10 or 20 more even better but yeah i i just i want quality over quantity and not that you can't have both and i hope dying light 2 is gonna be both but um yeah it's i think now for better or for worse techland has drawn more attention. They've kind of put themselves under a microscope when this game does ship in a few weeks. Of people are gonna look at, all right, well, how much of this is is good over the span of that five hundred plus total hours? So yeah, um, well go just, ahead. sorry, I just wanna
2: leave one quick comment, Ryan. There's this yeah. great thread about Yakuza and how the storytelling elements really make you want to complete those storylines because you learn about the character, you learn about why they need you to go fetch 10 bottles or everything like that. So if the storytelling elements of Dying Light 2 are great and they keep you invested in the tasks that you're trying to complete so that you can learn more about the characters within this world, then I do think there is value there. Um, Like I echoed a few times in my earlier statement, I just don't want it to be filler content.
0: Yeah, well said. So we shall see February 4th coming right up. For Dying Light 2. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n dot com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e
2: with Kizik cans free shoes motion sounds something like this
0: Next up this week, Amazon's Fallout TV series. Remember that? Remember when that was announced? Well, it is moving ahead. It is set to begin production later this year. Deadline reported the timing and revealed that Jonathan Nolan, a.k.a. the co-creator of HBO's Westworld, is set to direct the series premiere. Uh, Obviously, there there are some similarities between Westworld and, Fallout, sort of a maybe less than ideal future scenario for humanity. Additionally, Captain Marvel writer Geneva Robertson-Dorette and Portlandia and Silicon Valley uh, writer Graham Wagner will serve as showrunners. No word on cast yet for Fallout or even the plot Whether we're going to go story-wise with this. But yeah, it was announced back in 2020 with Nolan and Joy as a partner there attached to the project. We also know this, the Bethesda themselves is going to be involved. Todd Howard will serve as an executive producer on the series. Uh, Kareem, I'll go back your way. Video game movies haven't, for the most part, worked at all, uh, with uh, sadly few rare exceptions. Do you, Do you think that like a prestige TV, you know, longer form streaming service situation might actually serve a video game based show better since video games themselves, as we just got done talking about with Dying Light 2, are long, these are long format stories. Is is this gonna be better off, uh, better than a, a Fallout movie might be?
1: So I think movies are not the route to go when you are making like a movie about video games. I think you should just go the television route in which, if I can refer to The Witcher is doing a great job on Netflix Um, you know, capturing the essence of the game into an elongated season that is more comfortable than trying to squish everything up into a, you know, two hour, maybe an hour and a half film. I just don't think it's enough amount of time to dive into the world that everybody loves and show enough on um, the TV and get, you know, the good base on the acting as well to carry a movie in an hour and a half and be like, here's Fallout this is what it is. You got an hour and a half, and then we're not going to make a follow up to the movie. I think a series is definitely the way to go.
0: Cam, how about you? You with Kareem on this one?
3: Uh, I agree that uh, there's just a level of just easeability and getting everything right when it comes to uh, a video game adaptation with a TV series. You just with having the episodes and having like up to like 10 hours to tell a story then you know two two to three hours on on the very long end of the spectrum uh i'm just kind of curious as to what route the show is going to go because this is such a big world with a lot of lore and um the like different factions and i think that uh there's similar to like the rumors that there's a mass effect show coming that is very easy to mess up it is very easy to drop the ball on something that has so many layers and so much depth, um, which are like the big reasons why people love these, these uh, big RPG worlds is because of that story and lore and background. So uh, I kind of hope that it's just, it's a great introduction for non Fallout fans uh, and people that just don't play video games in general and just kind of use the fallout world as a set piece and just build from there. Cause I think that that would be the best way to find a success um, and uh, have more flexibility on what they want to do with the story uh, and world moving forward.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the Witcher, which I'm almost through season two. I love that show. Uh, HBO's putting a lot of star power behind the last of us, their adaptation there. And now uh, Amazon with fallout. Destin, you're a big fallout fan. You know cam kind of, brought it up of where's this going to go where as a fallout fan story-wise where do you want to see this go because we've seen you know in fallout lore there are a number of cities that the various fallout games have taken place in and there are a lot of stories to tell within those what do you think
2: i don't think that the the city is the most important aspect of this um for me i think games like fallout and mass effect lend themselves best to this style of format a tv series we were able to explore individual storylines every episode. The Mandalorian really perfected this style of storytelling where you would go on. You would have an overarching narrative plot device that would bring the bring the story thread from episode to episode. But you had these individual stories told throughout that thread. Uh, if you look back at Star Trek The Next Generation and just the Star Trek television show, Those are individual stories about decisions that the the commander of the ship had to make and the impact that it had on the people around him. Right. So as long as you have that central character that the viewer is able to latch on In the Mandalorian's case, it's the Mandalorian. And he is sort of and Grogu. And they're able to sort of tell those individual vignettes every episode. I think games like Mass Effect could do this really well. I think uh, games like Fallout could do this really well. And I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I. I'm happy to hear that so many people like The Witcher, but I want my really good Halo series. I want my really good Fallout series, and I want my really good uh, Mass Effect series. So hopefully we're finally getting to that time, as we've had a lot of good good examples of video game movies like Sonic and even Detective Pikachu that a lot of people enjoyed. And a few good comic book television shows like The Boys Adaptation is excellent from the comic book, like how they take the source material and uh, change it enough that fans like myself just don't know what's going to happen, but take us on a journey throughout that world. I can't wait to see what they do with it. And hopefully it's a good one.
0: Yeah. Halo is definitely number one on my list. Certainly. Um, last, I'm curious what The Last of Us is going to be because that game kind of feels like an H, the game feels like a video game of an HBO drama. And now they're turning it into an HBO drama. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I'm surprised none none of you said, I want, so the thing I want to see on the Fallout TV series, you know, in whatever form, whether it's like a side plot or a main arc of a season, I want to see there come to be a decision about nuking Megaton. Like that's that is probably one of the most memorable far, uh fallout quests that there have ever been. And I wanna I wanna see Megaton get nuked in the TV series and just and then witness the 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 literal fallout uh and metaphorical fallout from that. But yeah, I, I think we all seem to be pretty well in agreement because I'm with you guys. It's um, you know, all these examples that you're all mentioning, The Witcher and Halo and The Last of Us. Uh, and now Fallout and maybe Mass Effect that TV does t- seem to be the better medium to to do this because a, a two-hour movie just isn't enough. So uh, fingers crossed that Fallout turns out well. It's you know Jonathan Nolan certainly has a has a great track record. So we'll see uh, we'll see how it turns out as they get into production later this year. All right, next this week. Microsoft and Ubisoft have announced that Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction is coming to Game Pass and PC Game Pass on day one. Of course, Rainbow Six Extraction is a something of a spin-off. It's going to be January 20th is when it's coming out, so that's when you, when you will find it on Game Pass. Uh, you, if you just decide you want to buy it, it's a $40 game. Interestingly, Extraction is also introducing a cross-play buddy pass where every copy of the game comes with two passes to invite friends to play for free for 14 days. Uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, this has definitely been a game of some, I don't want to say controversy, but some uh, definitely spirited reaction in the gaming community. Uh, Kareem, have you had a chance to play this yet, or ha- have you at least been following it to kind of and, and weigh, want to weigh in on what you think of this unique direction for Rainbow Six?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, a lot of people don't know this. Um, I started my career playing Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I, nice. It's the most competitive game I think I've ever touched. And uh, I loved it ever since. Uh, I used to be a Thermite main, Thermite, Habana, and then I would play either Rook and Doc. Yeah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and now we're getting, uh, you know, a whole zombified version of the game, which is cool. It's a nice change of pace, and it also gives people who don't want to be on the sweaty comp side a chance to enjoy the guns, um, the gadgets, and just, you know, be part of Rainbow Six. Um, I don't, I played the alpha. I'm not gonna lie to you, I played the alpha, uh, I played a little bit of the beta, and it, and it kind of felt you know, the same. It felt the same, just like I was playing Rainbow Six, no really huge t- changes. And um, I'm, I'm looking for more of, you know, that zombie-scared feel. I was kind of playing it, and it kind of felt like I was, wasn't too scared, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't worried. Um, so hopefully that changes. Hopefully we get that wow factor. Ho- hopefully they need to maybe up the damage on, uh, you know, some of the uh, infected, and so, we, so I can get a real, you know, extraction experience.
0: Cam, how about you?
1: I'm not super
3: in like it's not really uh interesting me so far from what I've seen. Uh, you know, it is rem- cause, you know, Back for Blood was another game that came to Game Pass day one, and this is basically Rainbow Six Back for Blood, um, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And I so and I really like enjoy Back for Blood, and I, you know, plan to go back to that game as more updates come and things like that. And I, and I like this kind of experience, but it just, there's nothing that's really grabbing me. And that's really interesting me that I want it. I feel the need to hop in, but with it being on game pass, I mean, I, I, I won't be hesitant to try it out. If someone's like, Hey, let's, let's try out this rainbow six extraction game. I'm like, sure. Like I'm not expecting to stick with it, but I'm willing to try it out.
0: And yeah, you, I think you just hit on the key here cuz the the reaction in the community thus far to preview coverage to trailers has been overwhelmingly negative. I mean, it's the Rainbow Six community and you know Kareem you're a big part of it. A lot of them they like it as a more simulation focused kind of you know military shooter and not uh, bringing in aliens. That's like uh it'd be like if if Ubisoft finally graced me with a new Splinter Cell game, but Sam had to like wrestle—I don't know—he had to go like choke out unicorns or something like that. I don't know. That's a bad example. <laughs> um, although that that would be that would be interesting to see if suddenly there were just like unicorn terrorists that needed to be you know just put down. That would be that would be a game. That would be multiverse. a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. But yeah, I think that, you know, what Game Pass, I mean, what Game Pass does for everything, but I think will be especially relevant to Rainbow Six Extraction is uh, it it does eliminate that, virtually eliminate that barrier to try it out. Like the only thing standing between you and the game is your willingness to to get the, to do the whatever, 30 gigabyte download, whatever it's going to be. Uh, and, and just do that, and then give it a try, as Cam said. Because I have played this; uh, at, I played it, gosh, last E E3, three, E3, so twenty twenty one, a good what six, eight, nine months ago now. And it it is enjoyable. I did have fun with it. Uh, I think the creature designs are pretty generic. You know, they're visually the game's not that interesting. It's not that inspiring, but. I did have a good time with it uh, to Kareem's point as well. It's like I, I did enjoy it. So uh I think Game Pass will is this game's best chance to just get people to actually get past the aliens thing and give it a try. Like Destin, well, are you are you on the fence with this one? Are you willing to give it a go? Or is it just not even of interest? I'm not really
2: interested in an extraction, but there's two things in the fine print with this story that some people might have missed. Uh The first is that they're also bringing rainbow six seeds to Xbox game pass. That was also announced in the news story over on Xbox wire. So I think that is a really, really good get for Xbox game pass because, uh, cheese, you said you played professionally, right? Uh, I did this series on the six with IGN. That game is awesome. Like once you really get into it and you're practicing your angles, you're practicing your lean walking around corners, you're using your double drone, like using all the little tips and tricks, uh, That game is just, there's so much fun to be had there. And I can't wait to see the Xbox community explode uh, for Rainbow Six Siege. A lot of people I have seen are excited about extraction, but uh, there was also a smaller story and that was about Ubisoft Plus also being added to Xbox as an app that has nothing to do with Game Pass. It is just a separate subscription type service where you can have access to all Ubisoft games. And I believe their pricing is about $14.99 a month. so, if you are interested in it, whatever about Ubisoft Plus, I think this is Ubisoft testing the waters about adding future Ubisoft titles to Xbox Game Pass. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see how it does. Very, very stoked about Rainbow Six Siege being added to Game Pass. I think that's a great get.
0: Yeah, good point. I mean, the yeah, community. the the uh, the Ubisoft Plus thing is it's it's exactly like the EA Access. Uh it's the yeah. you know, same type of That's thing. That's
2: how EA started and look at where they are now.
0: Yeah, and they're still they're still doing big stuff on Game Pass. We just got Mass Effect last week, mm-hmm. a legendary edition on there. So
2: Well, I'm saying EA started as a separate service, but now they're just right. integrated with Game the Game Pass subscription model. So maybe Ubisoft is similarly testing the waters.
0: Yeah, could very well be. Uh cuz it, it there is a point where if you've you've only got so many dollars to spend a month on games, and you're probably not going to have a Game Pass and a Ubisoft Plus subscription if you're an Xbox gamer. Mm-hmm. You're, you're more than likely going to choose Xbox Game Pass because it's there's just more than one publisher's game in there. So, it's yeah, I, I kind of wonder uh, if Ubisoft Plus is really going to have a, its best chance of success on PC. But they're just, as you said, Destin, bringing it to Xbox to test the waters with it and see if, like, well, how many people can we get? Uh, to, to bite on this, and you know, if Rainbow, if extraction does well, then well, maybe we look at kind of folding it in uh, with Microsoft on Game Pass. So we'll see there. Uh, that game is also coming up. So you know, if you think that 2022 is starting slow on the Xbox games front, it is not. It is uh, getting getting going pretty quickly, and what should be a huge year for games. By the way, we'll uh, we'll be getting more into that, of course, as 2022 rolls on. It's already been a huge 2022 for Take-Two, the parent publisher of 2K Games and also Rockstar. Uh, Take-Two just bought Zynga. Yes, the mobile gaming company Zynga in a $12.7 billion deal, uh, which is, that's like, what is that, like 3 that's like three Star Warses or something. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of money. 12.7 billion dollars for Zynga, and uh, 2K or excuse me, Take two thinks it's, it's well worth it because it gives them a chance to leverage some of their biggest IPs in the mobile space. So in an investor presentation following the announcement of the deal, Take2 CEO Strauss Zelnick discussed it and presented a slideshow to investors. Under a slide titled, Product Portfolios Are Highly Complementary," Take-Two shows how the company's respective games and studios can be used in tandem. Of particular interest to many fans will be the lineup of Take-Two games with the likes of Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Bioshock, and Mafia, listed alongside a caption reading, Opportunity to bring Take-Two's console and PC properties to mobile and add new game modes. And those are paired with a list of Zyngas in house Studios, which are listed as having a, quote, track record of successfully executing mobile game development. So I know the unlocked audience uh, in general doesn't really care about Zynga. I mean, I sure don't. They don't make, you know, I'm not a mobile gamer. But uh, this does seem like it could make a ton of sense for Take-Two on the business side. I mean, when you've got, these major IPs like Take-Two has introducing them to mobile gamers who are often a different crowd than console and PC gamers, uh, you know, that you can bring those people over and potentially vice versa. You can get the fans who are on console and PC to come over and try this stuff out on mobile. Uh, Destin, $12.7 billion, though, still a ton of money. Do you? Are there any particular Take-Two IPs that you'd like to see brought to mobile in an innovative smart way or is this do you think they're going to be able to to get you to pick up your phone at all with any of this stuff
2: uh to answer your first question are there any ips that i want to see brought to mobile in a smart way no not particularly (laughs) (laughs) i mean you already have the the gta trilogy three uh vice city and san andreas on mobile you can add a controller to your phone and just play those games so when you look at the type of things that Zynga makes, like Farmville, I actually played Farmville back when it was on Facebook. Uh, you just kind of crop things, and then they you hit a wall with your time every day, right. and then you have to pay for your time to continue. I hope that's not where Take-Two is bringing their IPs, but that sort of model. Um, I don't know how you do this in a, in a smart way with Zynga's tech. Uh, I would rather that they... Spent a little bit more time on the trilogy remaster, and fixed what's going on with Red Dead Online right now. But whatever, I guess. I guess the Zynga <laughs> partnership, yay. I <laughs> don't. I don't know. I don't, know. I, I don't seem very <laughs> optimistic about it because I'm not.
0: <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, it's like it's not really aimed at us, but this is like this is. You know, quietly oh, make millions for us, and but yeah, it's, it's a yeah. it's a huge industry deal here. I mean, Cam, uh, another game that was brought up was Midnight Club, which has been gone for a while, and that could maybe that's a mobile game. Like, are there any games in, in that portfolio that they've got over there at Take Two that you might think, oh, there could be a good mobile version in there somewhere?
3: I mean, what would be really cool is if they just made a mobile game of just the uh the puzzle game from Bioshock. That'd be really cool oh, with yeah. the pipes and stuff. I'd be yeah. down for that. But um, in general, no, not really. Like, I'm not a big, I'm not a mobile gamer myself either. Um, seeing this trailer for Farmville 3 gave me a bit of whiplash, actually. Um, because, you know, last time I saw it, it was just the OG Farmville on Facebook. Um, but uh, I think that, I, I think that this is just take two, instead of kind of building from the ground up, like studios and companies to make mobile games for their IP. They're like, Hey, let's get someone big, notable that people already play their games on and have them do it for us. You know? And that's what this deal is. Um, I, that's all I really see in this deal of choosing, uh, Zynga because like as someone who doesn't really, again, mobile game, I know, I know Zynga, you know, it's one of the notable mobile developers, uh, developing companies. So, um it'll be interesting to see where they uh go and decide what they're going to do with this um but yeah it's uh i, I didn't expect i know that mobile gaming is huge but i did not expect a, a deal this big like with 12 point what is it 12.7 billion dollars that's insane to me so
0: yeah you know they just had to get that extra 700 mil attached yeah. to that. 12 <laughs> We can't just go with a nice round number like twelve billion. It's we got to get you know, another extra seven hundred million bucks. Uh, Kareem, how about you? Is there any, any two K slash Take Two games that you think could be a, a good fit for mobile that would get you to actually play a mobile game on,
1: uh, you know, of a major IP? I'm gonna be as honest and brutal as possible. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But I know the mobile gaming community is huge um i know you know it's a money maker it's a yeah. money maker and and they see money in it and um i hope this works out for them um i don't want to see any gta remasters on mobile they gotta like um dustin said they like, gotta fix the uh trilogy because it needs help they gotta fix red dead um but no i i honestly no, ryan i just don't i just don't see it myself well I'm I'm kind of right
0: there with you with just one exception the 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 best translation to mobile that I've ever seen of a of a major like you know console PC like core game IP is actually a, one studio Square Enix Montreal uh, that handled the Deus Ex Go Lara Croft Go and the first one and still my favorite of of their games Hitman Go those games uh what the, what that studio did yeah with with uh, that the sort of board game go turn you know strategy format, it just worked so well. it was such a those were i could not put those down when each of those games came out. I had such a blast with all of them, so my hope is that take two is is going to uh, encourage and empower Zynga to think outside the box and not just go for the quick cash grab, you know, how do we just get, how do we just milk this for money? Uh, because the, the Go games that I just mentioned are definitely not cash grabs. They are, you know, they were, they were pay games, which I know even today in 2022 is practically a non-starter. You almost have to be free to play. So I'm sure there are other business challenges there, but the Go games were just so smartly designed um I mean, my personal problem with mobile games by and large is i think that they are mostly not designed games They're, they are, they are they are designed solely to extract money from you and not to actually have anything to say creatively uh and so that's like i watch my daughter play this stuff and it's just and it just i'm just like oh this is could you Lots please play Please play gotcha. on the Switch, because <laughs> uh, Nintendo games are actually designed to be art, designed to be meaningful games. So uh, there is hope there, like I said, that those, those Go games that Square did were excellent, and I hope that, uh, that Take-Two will give Zynga the opportunity to make stuff like that. But huge, huge story this week, even if it's you know not necessarily up the average alley for, for an Xbox gamer. Uh, before we wrap the news here, Destin, yeah, you, you flagged this. Phil Spencer going on uh, Sway, Kara Swisher's podcast. She's a big tech journalist. And Phil talking about uh, a topic that sadly never goes away, uh, and that is toxicity in the online gaming space and on Xbox Live. Uh, Destin, do you kind of want to sum up where, what Phil was talking about here? And maybe we'll, we'll have this be our last topic of discussion for the week.
2: Well, that's actually not all he talked about. He talked about how we need better moderation options, how Xbox is handling moderation on their platform using uh, the HAT company that they recently acquired that sort of uh, uses AI to do a lot of it, and how um, a lot of these platforms just assume that everybody's 13 and they don't think that's a responsible way to run a network. Uh, There was a quote, the point you bring up about the anonymity on the internet and what behavior that that unlocks for people who want to leverage those for, I'll call them evil reasons, I think is a great learning. And he's basically saying that they want to figure out a way to combat that. But in addition to this topic, Ryan, he also discussed how m- many consoles Xbox is sold, and this yes. is sort of developing live right now. But Daniel Ahmad, a, a analyst who works for a firm, actually said that puts the Xbox Series X and S over 12 mil- million units shipped currently. And the previous numbers we got, uh, if you compare it to like uh, the PlayStation, I believe the PS5, the last numbers were 13.4 million. So the console sales are actually a lot closer than we would believe. So yeah. there's there's a whole bunch in this New York Times piece we might dive in on the next episode, but I just wanted to mention those two. Very interesting tidbits. Great to hear Xbox looking at how to tackle um, The whole online toxicity movement uh, talking about how they don't want to like finger wag or virtue signal, just like they want to figure out how to keep their own house in order. And hopefully they can share those learnings with other companies so that those other companies are able to just make the Internet a better place to play.
0: Kareem, uh, you know, you're on Twitch, you're streaming, you've kind of built your community. How have you found like how would you fix Online gaming, <laughs> which, you know, it's just a little question for you. You know, it's a simple question. I'm sure you've got a nice, easy answer off the top of your head.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm quick with it. Uh, so an easy answer to fix that would be to stop acting like it doesn't exist. Stop comparing your online experiences from back in the day. Oh, these kids wouldn't survive in a COD Modern Warfare 2 setting. You need to address that. What was said back in the day and what is said now, there's no timeframe. And there's no, like, you can't tell age over online experiences, on especially on the internet. So you need to just be upfront with your community, let them know that, you know, these things need to be changed. Our community needs to be changed. And, you know, banter is cool, but you need to address that. Some people just like to be mean on purpose and it's not right. And it's slowly you know, it kind of hinders your community. So when you're growing a community, you want to make sure you're up front with them. You bring people in that are for each other, and that's going to stick up for one another and going to set a great example to lead them forward.
0: Really well said. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on Phil's comments with regard to trying to move forward on uh, on, on improving Xbox Live for everyone.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... There's... There's so much. I mean, there's so there's so much to be said, right, about just the uh, harassment and mistreatment that um, people get while online gaming, and simply like just st- stop. <laughs> like, don't just don't just don't do it. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help anyone that is on the receiving end. It's harmful. It's abusive. Um, and it's really great that. Phil recognizes this and has been more than transparent about it. It's all about communication. It's like, and that's what I think that uh, Phil and the whole Xbox team has done so well in these past years is just being communicative and just saying like, Hey, this is the situation and this is what we want to take care of. And uh, this is a problem and this needs to be, we need to find a solution. And I know that I, I saw something about how it would be really great if there was just a universal like ban list on all online gaming networks. Um, and you like, yeah, that would, that would be great. Like realistically, just speaking truth. I don't think, I don't know how that could become a possibility, but should it happen? Absolutely. You know, people should be able to uh, moderate their own personal spaces, whether it be like their private messages on Xbox live, their, their friends list on Xbox live, all that stuff should be under their control and being able to, uh, just game the way that you want to where you feel comfortable and safe and i don't I don't think that's a ridiculous uh, request to have for everybody.
2: There are yeah. almost no consequences for manipulating media for being toxic. you're actually rewarded for inciting anger online through clicks and interactions it's It's a very big industry problem that needs to be addressed, and to hear you know somebody like Phil Spencer come out and say this is something that we're actively working on and everybody needs to be working on independently Um, is it's, it's important to sort of flag and start thinking about how we interact online because uh, anger psychologically, it is something that is more shareable. You have a stronger reaction to it. And there's this whole video about the, the anger germ that I encourage people to, uh, watch because when you watch something that makes you angry, you're more likely to share it, you're more likely to interact with it. And that's largely why we're at where we are online with people just doing that for clout. It it is it's a problem. It's a it's a very big problem that a lot of these platforms need to address.
0: Yeah, and and what gives me what leaves me optimistic here with regard to Phil addressing it is two things. One We've seen that Phil uh, and the team at Xbox have they have put the player first. They have they have walked the walk on that stuff that Phil's been talking about since he took over as head of Xbox seven years ago, eight years. It's going to be eight years. So that's number one. There is a, there is a good track record there. Uh, number two, Microsoft is uh, a very deep-pocketed company. They have lots of resources. So if they want to, you know. They want to actually address this problem, and let's say, let's say addressing the problem, just as a hypothetical example, because uh, use of AI to, to help was mentioned. Like maybe Microsoft has to hire a whole team of engineers who write some awesome new AI code that that's monitoring chat and and flagging you know keywords and banning those people. Let's again, this is I'm not an engineer. actually engineer.
2: Have- they have that, Ryan. The company is called Two Hat. They recently purchased them. There you to go. Help with moderation. It's automated AI system that looks for conversations and when they get too heated and uh just sort of look to sort of address those issues. And then, you know, I, I assume a human looks at those conversations and says, right. Yeah. He also talked about how Xbox isn't a political platform. It's a platform yeah. for gaming, right? And how they like it's not a free speech platform. It's it's you're there to game. It's a family uh like there's kids on there too that have to be considered and he encourages parental things the whole new york times piece is just really really good there's a lot of good stuff in there about many things going on with xbox i highly encourage people check it out
0: yeah i think a lot of people mistakenly think that oh well you know i can say anything i want because this is america like well no you're you're on whether it's twitter or whether you're on xbox live that is a, you agree to a terms of service when you do that, that belongs to Microsoft. You don't get to say whatever you want. Your first amendment rights do not apply. So I hope uh, Phil and the team at Xbox are indeed gonna tangibly make the the online gaming experience better in the coming months and years. All right, uh, it's time for our unlock block trivia challenge. Stella got off to an early lead last week Destin, it's your chance to even things up, and and Kareem and and Cam. We don't know how m- we don't know how many times we'll see you this year. I got but, this. You, know, you got it. You got a chance to get on the board and and at least uh, be able to say that it, you let you led at some point. You, you what were is they with?
1: The
3: Then I'm going to be yeah, very no. embarrassed. I'm going to get it right I'm make myself look I'm a, so dumb right now. It's I'm going to get it crazy. right this week, and then everyone on the panel is going to get it wrong until the next every week <laughs> until right, I'm until back, back on. Exactly. That's how it's going to work. You know.
0: So here we go. It's a we do an Xbox trivia question every week. Sometimes it's going way back, twenty years. Sometimes it's more recent. This one's going back to the 360 era. Now, Cam, uh, when we were off mic before we uh, got started filming, you were you were showing off those awesome Xbox 360 inspired kicks for uh, yes. that uh, was it Adidas did for the 20th anniversary last fall. So I'm I'm looking at you here. I want to see you get this this trivia question right okay uh, and and hope hopefully all three of you get it right so cole from virginia thank you cole for writing in with this xbox trivia question asks this in the what he labels and i agree underappreciated 2007 competitive shooter shadow run players choose between various races with unique passive traits class options included humans along with three fantasy themed races that you could choose as you played Shadowrun which of these was not one of those three playable races was it elf dwarf giant or troll do you know your shadowrun do you remember that uh what i would personally say was probably ahead of its time uh game because you know you, you look at now a a multiplayer only shooter can thrive but back in 2007 everybody was like there's no campaign forget this game why is this a shooter so uh poor Shadowrun. it never never quite got the the love it probably deserved i'm gonna go to destin first before oh, i go great. to our guests destin <laughs> any thoughts here uh on the fake class from Shadowrun that's among these four
2: i'll say giant
0: see okay. giant final answer All right, just just rolling the dice. Who wants to be a millionaire style? He says with an exasperated breath. Uh, Kareem, (laughs) let me go your way next. I don't know if you Uh, ever played this back in the day.
1: So I have played uh, Shadowrun, and if it came out now, it would thrive. Uh, I was Katana wielder, elf user. And I'm going to go with Giant as well. See.
0: All right. Let's see. Cam? You want to go with the other guys here and just ride or die together? Or you want to branch off and and do I your own thing and, and maybe what? maybe embarrass those two other guys in the process maybe you'll get the point i don't know
3: so here's the thing like i don't play i haven't played Shadowrun, run but i do play dungeons and dragons so i definitely know that like based off these classes it's got to be giant or troll well kareem seems confident in giant and giant was my original like Gut guess, so I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the crew and say giant as well.
0: Okay, so we have a we have a unified panel here. Everyone going with giant, and uh well, I am pleased to award everyone a point. Yes, all right, yes! Yes! well done, yes! guys. Giant play Shadowrun. All the
2: other things are like <laughs> elf size, so
3: <laughs>
0: like oh I my
2: was thinking God, troll. It's so beautiful.
3: I was thinking troll because troll is the only class, at least in like. I don't know about the extended books and stuff like that, but I know of like the, the general main classes. Like Troll is just, as far as I know, it's just like an enemy that you can run into, but you can get uh, like a half human, half giant type. You know, like giants are huge. So I'm like, how would a giant work when you're playing with like an elf and like a dwarf? So I don't know. I, I, that's where my mentality was at with it. I love that our super producer, Kate,
0: actually has Shadowrun Xbox yeah. 360 footage queued up right now if you're watching us on video i'll be honest i played a lot of this but i haven't played it since it was out so it's been so long but i do remember having a really good time uh, with this game so thank you to cole from virginia for sending that in and congratulations to all three of the panelists this week getting that corrected we now have a four-way tie for first in the 2022 year-long quest for the next unlock block trivia trophy so uh, we've got a listener working, on, working away on that trophy for 2022 already. We don't waste any time around here. So if anybody else out there listening has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way, and perhaps I'll choose your question for a future episode. Please send it to unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, of course, the four multiple choice answers, and note the correct one in your email. And we'll play again next week. That brings us to the end of Unlocked 5.26. Uh, Cam, where can we find you these days? What are you up to?
3: Me on uh, Twitter, at Cam Final Mix. You know, doing just freelance stuff right now. Normally Ryan or someone from IGN will hit me up and have me do a preview or something. I think the most recent thing I did was on Babylon's Fall. Not an Xbox game, but you you can check that out. On IGN.com, you did not
0: like that game.
3: <laughs> no, no, I did not, uh, I and mean, I was very, dis- uh, very sad about that. Um, and uh, I also have an upcoming project that I will be announcing uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, just check out Twitter at Cam Final Mix, and that's where I'll be announcing all that stuff. So
0: love it, good stuff, Kareem. How about you?
1: Hi, uh, yeah, um, Kareem Cheese. Nerd, anime enthusiast. Uh, I'm Kareem Cheese G on Twitter. You can follow me there. Uh, Kareem Cheese G on TikTok as well. And then Kareem Cheese Just Normal on Twitch if you guys want to catch my live streams. Um, and also, uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for spending your time here and listening to the podcast. We love you.
0: Oh, we loved having you. Uh, you made the show better this week. Please come back and see us again. This is uh, certainly not a one time only invitation. I'd love to have you back. Uh, this was a fun show, guys. Thanks so much. This was episode 526. Thanks to super producer Kate as well for making this show possible. We would be staring at monitors just talking to ourselves and microphones without Kate here. So uh, thanks, everybody involved, and we will see you back here next week.